good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? Eh, a little wet, it might be a little cold next week, but hey, we're talking about gardening, folks, and we do it all the time. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing, and you've tuned in to the Gestalt Gardener, a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. It's a live program, so for the next hour or so, we'll just chat with you about whatever's going on or not in your garden. Uh, we call it a garden party here. Um, last weekend in February, there's a lot of stuff blooming. Spring has I'm going to say busted loose, and I'll get some emails from people who say it's burst loose. Spring is busted loose, folks. And for the next hour, we got some cheesy tunes, got a little bit of uh, some emails, got some events coming up I think you'll be interested in, but mostly we're just going to chat about what's going on in the garden. And there's lots. So sit back, we're going to do some news and come back with the Gestalt Gardener here on MPB. We're going to really get dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fellow rushing, and I am so glad to be back in the studio. I've had a, had a good time overseas, saw a lot of interesting stuff, been writing about it, and uh, kind of, you know, in, 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 lots of good ideas for making our gardens look better all year, a little bit less maintenance. But anyway, we're not going to talk about that right now unless you want to because this is a call-in program. I want it to be a party where everybody has something to chat about. And uh, if you want to give us a call, it's real, real easy. It's toll-free anywhere, one eight seven seven mpb ring Real, real easy, folks. Lots of stuff going on. I'm going to start uh, chatting about it a little bit, but I would encourage you to give me a call. Uh, while I was overseas, I spent a lot of time looking at things that look good in the winter that will do well in our part of the South, the, 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 the Mid-South or up around Memphis, uh, Lower South around, you know, Central Mississippi, Alabama, Northern Louisiana, and the Gulf Coast, things that will do well in the worst middle of nothing when there's not much else going on. Of course, we have a lot of stuff going on here already. You know, anybody in the South is going to have a camellia and paper whites and flowering quince. Those things, they just bloom in, in late December, January, February. That's what they do. rest of the year, they're just okay, but they knock themselves out in the wintertime. So that's the kind of stuff, because springtime, which is busting loose, it is busting loose right now. Uh, it's easy. You know, once the azaleas kick in, everything else disappears. But right now, there's all sorts of uh, flowering trees. There's uh, the the uh, the native red maples along the roadside. See them have the reddish cast, the red buds, which are bright pink with edible flowers, I might add. And, um, you know, the flower, the, the, the wild pears and wild plums. There's so many things blooming out there right now. So springtime sort of takes care of itself. Summertime, we got to work for it. And then the fall, uh, well, we can plan ahead for fall, but wintertime. That's what I'm thinking about already next winter. So anyway, you want to give me a call and, and talk about what's going on in your garden. If you got some questions, some things you want to kick around, some things you've heard you want a nonprofit opinion about, uh, I'll try to keep it fact-based if I can, but I'm going uh, to... I'm going to tone it down with my personal experience, what I would talk about my mother and my dad with. So give us a call, toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. I do have some announcements to make, but we're going to jump off right off the bat. Uh, in Crystal Springs, talking to Jim. Hey, Jim, what's up with your blueberries? Hello? Hey, what's up, Jim? You're on the air. Hey, yeah, my uh, blueberries have just got blooms all over them. They just look lovely. And I'm just kind of concerned about this low temperature that's coming in. What Monday evening yeah. next week? Yeah, is, is it going to affect them, or do I need to 
like put something over them? Or? Well, you know, you, you could cover Most of the time, the blueberry is going to make it. If it gets down below the mid-20s, you know, there's not much you can do, really. Uh, if it gets down, in, you know, to in, you know the upper 20s, the you know 30, it just dips down for a little bit. Probably not going to be a big deal, honestly. Uh, but if it gets down below, let's say, 20 or 29, or if it stays cold, the, they're going to suffer. Not much you can do uh, if you want to cover them up. The idea of covering them up is to trap heat coming out of the soil because the, the ground is warm and it radiates heat. The idea is put something over it, drape it over it all the way to the ground so that heat coming from the ground, it's not just keeping the cold wind off is what I'm saying. It's actually trapping the heat. And if you do that, Jim, it's real important the next day uh, when it warms up to take it off because if the sun comes out, it can overheat in there and do as much damage as it cold. So anyway, if you could drape something over it just overnight, just during a cold spell and take it off in the sun, as long as it drapes down close to the ground, that'll help down to upper 20s. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I don't think it's going to get cold enough then from what you said to affect them. And I know they're pretty cold hardy, aren't they? Yeah, they, they are. But then at the same time, you know, a sudden hard freeze. See, that's what gets our plants. It's not the cold, it's the suddenness, you know, because it's been warm and moist and everything's blooming, you know, pretty much, stuff's a little bit early, but, but a lot of blooming on time. And it's that late sudden frost that, that gets things. But as long as the ground is radiating heat, the sun comes out in the day, you know, a lot of times what they say the temperature is, that's out around in the middle of nowhere out the airport. It's not, you know, my house, it can freeze all over uh, Mississippi, my house, it doesn't because it's right in the middle of Jackson's kind of protecting the radiated heat. So anyway, just keep your eye on it. If it looks like it's going to get get down uh, below, you know, 30, 31, or if it's going to stay there, you might want to uh, 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 do it. Then. You can also wet them down, you know, right before dark. Just just mist them with some water because water uh, will, it can freeze and it actually protects flowers from getting colder than freezing temperature. Ain't that weird? Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, well, they just look so pretty right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and if nothing else, some of it will make it. It might just thin your crop out a little bit. Well, thank you so much. Okay, Jim. Good luck on it. Hey, appreciate your call. And uh, there's a lot of, you know, this 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 happens every year. As a matter of fact, it happens every year, and, and a lot of people act like it never happened before. You know, and it always happens. Hey, uh, let me let me throw out a couple of things while we're uh, waiting for folks to wake up and give me a call. There are some interesting things going on. Uh, two of them this weekend uh, that I want to particularly uh, mention. One is up in Memphis. If you're North Mississippi near near Memphis, uh, if you can find the Memphis Botanical Garden, right across the road is Dixon. Uh, art gallery and garden and it has a terrific garden and the uh, the horticulturist there uh, dale skaggs is an old friend of mine uh he's going to do a winter walk with all sorts of things that are blooming like witch hazels camellias uh they have a plant that's called paper bush it's one of the most unusual plants you'll ever see and it's a great plant not many people grow it anyway he's going to be given a free walk starting at ten thirty. that's uh, in memphis at the dixon uh, art gallery and gardens uh, also the mobile uh, orchid society they're having their 42nd annual show it's gonna be this week matter of fact it's starting today uh, march the first uh today saturday and sunday it's gonna be at bellingrath gardens in home uh, which is uh you know on the the, the west side of 
several miles west of uh, of Mobile. But anyway, Mobile Orchid Society is going to have a lot of stuff going on there. Um, and then one thing in particular I want to mention, and this is uh, my first lecture of the season. I'm kicking off my a pretty busy uh, spring uh, lecture season. I'm kicking it off next week, and Tuesday afternoon, I'm going to be at the Clarksdale Library. Now, this is a, a free program. The Clark, Clarksdale Library uh, is having me up there, and we're going to whoop it up. I'm going to show some fun stuff, do a lot of Q&A. My truck will be there with the flowers in the back and all like that. But if you're interested and available Tuesday afternoon, Clarksdale Library at 2 o'clock, get there a little bit early because we're going to jump right in. Uh, there's some other things coming up. There's a Mobile Festival of Flowers uh, in a, a couple of weeks. There's um, Hattiesburg Arts Council. I'm doing that in uh, three weeks. Uh, Gulf Coast Libraries Meridian. Uh, there's plant sales coming up there in April. Uh, we'll talk about those but they're everywhere from from Tupelo to Oxford to to Monteo Gardens of Jackson. Plenty of stuff going on, and I'll try to uh, announce them at least a couple of weeks and the week before. But anyway, hope to see some of y'all Tuesday afternoon in Clarksdale at 2 o'clock at the library. Hey, let's go down to Gulfport and talk with Jenny. Hey, Jenny, good morning. Felder. Hey. I've got a question about camellias. Good. We've got some beautiful camellias um, in our yard and, and near us, and they're the old, beautiful double and triple blooms. And I'm curious, what's the best way and when's the best time to dig up those offshoots to try to root some new camellia plants? Oh, you mean things coming up from the ground? Yeah, coming swamp? up from the ground by the side of that older, more yeah. established bush. The, actually, right now would be a good time before they, okay. re- you know, they're starting to put out some, some, you know, they're they're not just the flowers, but the new leaves that they're not on there already. They're coming out right. real soon, and so you want to do that as soon as possible. But Jenny, it's really important to do two things when okay. you when you move it, do it fast. Don't just set it out, you know, on the patio and get to it next week. But also okay. cut them back. If you'll cut them back to maybe a foot tall or so, uh, that'll take the stress off being cut away from the roots, but also it'll make them it'll buy a little time till they get established, and it'll make them bush out instead of being oh. long and tall. So always cut them back to, you know, if, if you know if they're not very tall, at least a third, but no more than foot foot and a half or so tall. Okay. Well, that's perfect. Thank and I, I get right on. It's going to be a pretty weekend for it too, Jenny. But stay away okay. from. Watch out for the Mardi Gras floats. I'll be, I'll be aware. Thank you, Okay, you bet. Thanks for calling. And let's slide over to Mobile. Hey, John, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you, Felder? I'm fine. Pretty good. What's going on? Well, on the side of my driveway, I have growing in amongst the shrubs and the roses what uh, I have called blackberries for several years, and, and they're growing wild, and they produce quite a few to the, to the point where I can actually can some uh, blackberry preserves. Wow. Somebody told me those aren't blackberries, they're black raspberries. So I'm kind of wondering, uh, <laughs> well, one of those curiosity killed the cat questions, what's the difference? And yeah. Is there, and it doesn't really matter on one hand because they taste good. Well, that latter is, is the most correct. Here's, here's the deal. I, I have a hard time. If blackberry and raspberries are growing side by side, I can tell them apart. But if you show me just one at a time, I can't, you know, I, I can't tell. Um, and by the way, so some people could say those aren't raspberries or black. They're dewberries. Forget it. Just enjoy it. Here's the deal, though. When you when you pick them, raspberries come off. They have a you know they 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 come off a little stem so they're hollow like a cup. You can stick them on the end okay. of your finger. Blackberries don't. 
and uh, okay. and also we don't. I don't know that we have a bunch of you know native raspberries, wild raspberries along the Gulf Coast. Those could be blackberries or dewberries, but okay. I ain't gonna get into that. Yeah, well, like I said, they taste good, so it doesn't really matter. Hey, let me ask you this: Do you ever prune them? Uh, no. Um, only when I when I prune the shrubs, uh-huh. you know, after they've given off their fruit. Yeah. Uh, they get pruned back then. Yeah, well, that, that's good because what happens is what's going to flower and have fruit this year is going to be just mostly thorns next year. So uh, what what commercial growers do is as soon as they get through picking them, they cut them back to a foot, foot and a half or so tall, which gets rid of the thorns for next year, but also it makes them bush out with more branches and more berries the next year. But got to do it pretty much as soon as you get through picking. And, uh, and no no prune, no pruning on a pass, uh, let's say August or so, because you want to have time for the new growth to set flower buds. So as soon as you get right, to picking them, right. just whack them back, and they'll come back, be thicker, easier to pick, more berries, whatever they want to call them. Yeah, yeah. When I say they're growing in amongst the shrubs and, and the uh, rose bushes, you couldn't even find a, a, the, the bush, I don't think, unless you got all the way down on the ground and crawled in there. Yeah, well, and and and, and you're going to be competing with uh, all sorts of lizards and snakes and stuff looking for berries in the summertime if they're that low. But that's okay. Just wear gloves and don't worry about it. Take your glasses oh, yeah. off and those things disappear. Okie doke. All right, appreciate Thank it. Thank you, sir. You bet. Thanks for calling. When I was coming in this morning, uh, Java and I were sitting out there earlier. I had stole a bunch of stuff, as I always do. Well, uh, some came in an old yard. I've got this white, uh, old-fashioned white uh, iris. Some people call it sweet fla- uh, white flags or cemetery whites. Um, it's the one called orris root, O-R-R-I-S. Orris root was introduced by the Spaniards. Uh, it's what the Florida Lee is, is patterned after. Uh, but the roots used to be made into a, a herbal fixative. Uh, to make it easier to to deal with herbs. But it's an old-fashioned one, been here since the 1600s. I also got some mustard greens. I've got some parsley. I've got my my uh, uh, my kale is going to flower, beautiful yellow flowers. I've got great big burgundy mustard, mint, uh, oregano, rosemary. And I picked along the roadside, I picked some wild violets, little delicate uh, pale purple uh, violets. I got some of the red buds, which are perfectly edible. It, red buds taste like raw peanuts. And I got some henbit, which is in the mint family. Lots of stuff out there is really cool, really sweet, and a whole lot of it you can eat if you want to. Don't know if you want to or not. Anyway, we're going to take a real quick break. Um, I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. I'm back in the studio, and we're going to be talking about gardening. If you got some events I can help promote, be glad to. But a uh, big thing this weekend, Dixon Gallery. Um, in Memphis at 10.30 Saturday morning, the or- Mobile, Orchids, Mobile Orchids Society. Um, if you need an excuse to get out of Mobile, away from the Mardi Gras, stuff like that, go to Bellingrath Gardens today, tomorrow, a Sunday, for their wonderful orchid show. I hope to see some of y'all in at the library in Clarksdale at 2 o'clock this coming Tuesday afternoon. We're going to whoop it up, and I'm going to be there with my truck, which is kicking right now. It has got so much growing in it, in spite of the fact it's been sitting out in my driveway for over a month with nobody doing nothing but wishing it would stop raining. Anyway, horticulture's fellow rushing. We'll be right back with the Gestalt Gardener here on MPB right after this. Country. 
Tennessee and Louisiana and Arkansas, pretty much all over the South, but I'm a Mississippi boy. Uh, Java, you know, my folks have been here a long time. You know, some of us never amounted to anything, but we all just enjoy being here in the South. You know, we got so much this this that uh, we can grow here. Uh, we have plenty of rainfall and plants that'll take the summer heat and drought and all like that. And uh, that's what I'm going to be talking about. If you want to give me a call, it's toll-free, mpb ring And by the way, when I got here, uh, Java, I looked at your, your bulb that you killed. Don't talk about me too bad, Felder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you had that little bulb, that, that, that paper white, and it bloomed in water and Mardi Gras beads. And it did its thing, but it looks terrible right now. Yeah, it's it's. But you said it looks like the way yours <laughs> my, look. <laughs> mine looks the same. I did the same thing. The same little, you know, mason jar and Mardi Gras bees, and it bloomed while I was gone. And mine is dri- dried up and shriveled and looks bad too. So you know, between you and me. We're on the same wavelength here. I'm not sure. You out of the country. <laughs> yeah, well, there's nothing I could have done about it. That's what they do. They waste themselves doing that. But, and hey, before uh, we, we go to these calls, let me mention there are two bulbs in my garden that I really, really like. I've got daffodils, and including the ones called jonquils and paper whites and the large cups and all different kinds of daffodils. Uh, but I've got one little thing that a lot of people are, have seen. That they, they don't know what it's called. They call it snowdrops. And it's not snowdrops. Snowdrops uh, look like these things, but they're flattened and they got little hearts, little green hearts on the on on the flowers, and they're sort of flattened out with like wings, three wings. Uh, those are snowdrops. We have a hard time growing snowdrops. Every now and then somebody does, but in general, they don't spread like crazy like they do in cold. What we have here are called snowflakes. Not that big a deal. Whatever you want to call it is fine. But these are little bell-shaped white flowers, and each of the petals, the the tepals and sepals, whatever you want, I'm gonna call them petals. They've got a little green dot on them. Uh, those are called snowflakes, and I've got two different kinds in my garden. But the one that I'm most particular with, I want to throw this out for anybody who wants the coolest little bulb. Once you get them started, they spread, they bloom in the dead of winter. They never get as tall as your grass. They bloom in the, in the winter, the spring, and then they completely disappear. When they finish blooming, their leaves look like your grass. And it's called starflower. But the Latin name starts with an I-P-H. Ifion. If you can remember Starflower and IPH, if you just Google Starflower, then right after they put IPH, your spell check is going to take it from there. This is the coolest little spreading ground cover bulb, bright, bright uh, lavender blue. Uh, some are real rich blue. My great-grandmother grew it, and uh, that's where mine came from. It grows perfectly well in the lawn and then disappears totally when you get ready to mow your grass in the spring. Anyway, if you want a star flower, it starts with IPH. Let's go to Jackson and talk with Robert. Hey, Robert, good morning. Thanks for holding. Yeah, thank you. Sure, what's up? Yeah, I just got a quick question for you, probably. Um, we were given some cuttings of some Confederate roses, and um, I guess we, we, we rooted them 
a couple months ago. In water? Or, or suspended them in water, yeah. Yeah, my, they developed good root system. Yeah, yeah and, I mean, it's amazing how I many. I actually, somebody had thrown some of the, they cut their back last fall. I was taking a walk and I just grabbed some sticks. I threw them in some water and they're just, they're, they're more roots than water in the little bowl right now. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, so I was just wondering, like, what to do next. We've actually put them in soil inside, say, a, I don't know, a month ago or so. Yeah. When can we, uh, when do you think we should throw those things outside? I guess that's my question. Well, you know, I, w- I would put I just put mine. I just got back last night. You know, I've been gone for a month and all. And I was real surprised all the water hadn't evaporated out of mine. Most of it had. Uh, but I just set mine outside. As long as it's, a, you know, decent weather, 40s or above, I'd leave them outside yeah. because they'll grow thicker and only bring them in if it's going to freeze. Uh, and okay. then after that, if you'll put them out. Have you seen how big these bushes get? They get huge. Yeah, they get really big. So just keep that in mind yeah. when you plant them. And uh, yeah. and and, and after you get them started, if you'll mulch them, they'll come back every year from the roots. You don't have to really I save them every year. So should we wait a little bit till it warms up just a bit to put them in the ground outside? For yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd wait yeah. till I really wouldn't plant anything that's you know that's warmth loving. None of the summer stuff, the, even the tomatoes. And stuff, I wouldn't plant till April. A lot of people uh, push it, but uh, I'd go ahead and right. put them outside though because that that okay. that real the cool temperatures and the real sunshine and the humidity it'll sturdy them up real good. It'll help them up. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for your advice. I really appreciate it. Okay, Robert. Hey, thanks for calling. Now, let's go over to uh, Kentwood, Louisiana. Hey, Reginald, good morning. Good morning. What's up? Thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, I have a quick question, and I need a quick lesson okay. on, plant, on planting cherry trees in this climate. Yeah. Um, uh, my wife has got me into 22 trees, and cherry? I have the slightest. She's 22 cherry trees or different kinds of trees? Cherry blossom. Okay. Here's the deal. Uh, first of all, they won't make cherries. You know, we have some no, wild no. cherries, but but exactly. ch- the cherry fruits need uh, a thousand hours or more of what they call chilling, which is below 45 but above freezing. And we don't have that anywhere in Louisiana. You know, you, you just don't. So cherries going to make cherries better up in Michigan. No, 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 no. I'm talking about cherry blossoms. Yeah, cherry blossoms. That's what like I'm saying. Cherry. If they're cherry blossoms, the thing that they don't like is staying wet. You know, we have such wet winters. So, right. uh, uh, Kentwood, I don't, I've been to Kentwood. Is that flat ground or hillside? Well, it's actually the property that I'm planning them on is a, is a, it's a slope. Yeah, so okay. It's not going to be any standing gotcha. water. Gotcha. That, that's, the, that's the thing. What I would dig, and you're not going to lie, is she listening by, by chance? Yes. Okay. Well, sorry about what I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, you need to put them in a wide hole, you know, at least too wide for you to put your arms around it. You know, if you can make a big hole with your with your arms, it needs to be bigger than that. So that, so that they get roots that grow sideways. The quicker they grow side roots, the better they're going to get established, more likely they're going to survive. So that's Great. the first thing. Nice wide hole. Don't add a whole bunch of stuff. Maybe a couple of shovels full of something to your native dirt. And okay. then the other thing is, how, how tall are these? I'm going to get them at about two or three feet. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. At two or three feet, I would still cut them back a few inches. That'll make them bush out a little bit closer to the ground. But that—that's if they're if they're more than about three feet, I'd cut them back to two or three feet. But oh, the okay. main thing, wide hole, and then put you a ring, not a fire ant mound, but a ring of mulch around them. Just keep the ground cool, moist this first summer, and, and uh, keep the lawnmower off of them. Around the top after they're planted? Yeah, on, on the ground. You know, just, oh, okay. you know, just, just a nice ring. You know, two or three shovels. 
was full, sort of spread out, not piled up on it like a fire ant mound, but just like a little right. ring around it. Because okay. uh, trust me on this, you hit her one time with the lawnmower or the string trimmer, and y- you've seen her mad before, but she can yes. be really mad if you do that. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Good luck, Reginald. Man, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Let's go to, down to New Orleans. Hey, Bob, what's going on? Hey, Felder. What's Good up? Day. Love your show. Thank you. Uh, I do a little radio show myself on uh, food. In New Orleans, yeah. My part- I'm a Mississippi boy. Okay. My, my partner on that show is an Alabama boy, uh-huh. and we're in constant conflict over an issue. You need to help us resolve, sir. Okay. Now this this radio when, guy, he's not in Mobile, is he? No, he's up in. Well, he's actually in New Orleans, where I am. Okay. But he but he grew up near Birmingham. Yeah. Well, there's there's a guy in uh, uh, another Mississippi boy. He's got a radio program in Mobile. He knows some good stuff too. Anyway, what what, what is? Well, let me let me well, throw my hat in the ring on this. Okay. Well, what we got to know, and I've got a bet, and we're going to bring vegetables in over the course of the next six eight months to prove each other wrong. But which state grows the richest? most nutritious, best-tasting vegetables, Mississippi or Alabama. Whew. Go after it. I'm going to hang up and listen to your answer. You're not going to like it. Okay, <laughs> tell me. I'm, right, with, I, I'm, I'm withdrawing from this competition <laughs> <laughs> because it had nothing to do with state or soils. It has to do with what kind of gardener you are. Bam. Well, okay. Well, you know more about Mississippi people, I guess, so you probably lean toward them. No, 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 no. I, no, I, I really don't. I really don't. I'm, you know, because this Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, those are artificial geographic lines. So it depends on what depends on what kind of dirt you got and what kind of garden you are. It had nothing because fact is they grow some great stuff over in Georgia and Texas too. It just Are you dep- running for governor? No, 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 no. No, I am absolutely. You know, if I said anything <laughs> different, you know, my mother would smack me on the back of the head. She's been gone all these years now. But no, the, tr- the truth is, it has to do with compost. Okay. So the question is, who's got better compost, Bob? <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll explore that one. But I love your show. Appreciate you letting me on. You bet. Thank nice. you. Nice. <laughs> Miss Best Tasting. Ah, well, it also depends on variety. I mean, some people, just like with tomatoes, you know, some people like a acid tomato, some people like a low acid, they like a, a sweeter uh, tomato. It does not matter to, to the plants. It's variety, dirt, and what kind of gardener you are. That's what it boils down to. What we need to do, John, when you want to do some music or do some phone calls? Go to line one. Homer and Lion up in the Delta. What's going on, man? Hey, sir. How you doing? I'm fine. Is the lion still lying, or is it part of Clarksdale yet? Well, they ha- <laughs> we're having a fight over there right now. Uh, Clarksdale just <laughs> trying, trying to annex part of uh, oops, part I did, of line, and, I, and I it's did, a fight. I didn't know that, and I wish I hadn't brought it up now. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's they, uh, I'm I'm out north of it, way on out outside the line. I'm addressed in line, but. They just sucked up, I think, this store Ooh. out here on the highway, which yeah. is about a couple of miles away from me. But anyway, <laughs> Phil, I was calling about greens. Uh, I raise them. I'm, I'm trying to get a timeline on them as far as, like, when can I plant them. Uh, I want to – I never plant them in the spring. I always do them in the fall. I yeah. got some ground ready. Oh, you plant them now. So I want 
You you can plant them now. The the problem is, you know, if you plant them too late in the fall, a, a, a freeze can can get them. Some will take it, but a freeze can right. can get some of them. If you plant them too late in the spring, when it gets hot, they 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 get bitter. They start tasting bitter. Right. But now they can. Uh-huh. What, they don't like cold weather. They don't like hot weather. They like cool weather. And we have a real narrow window of opportunity. You can plant them now, and to get up and get established before they get frozen, they'll make it and they'll produce before it gets too hot. So, you know, you can start planting them in February, late February, up in the Delta, I'm going to say March. But you need to, you know, go ahead and get them in as soon as you can so that you get something to harvest before it gets too hot. I got you. Okay. Well, hey, and, thank you. Okay. Oh, one other thing. You can plant them a little bit earlier in the fall, you know, in the summer if you want to get a head start, if you can keep the seeds moist. And what some people do is, uh, you talking about for home gardening or to sell them or what? Well, I do both. I yeah. love greens, and when I when I raise them, I actually, you know, clean them and and blanch them and and freeze them. That way, I can sell them all year. There I, you go. I got them now. But what yeah. I, I usually try to plant them, I, I use their own liquor to submerge them in, yeah, and freeze them. <laughs> and you can sell them for they they good for three years after that. But anyway, you were right. I, I start in 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 August. Yeah, there you go. As long as you can keep uh, it, as long as you can keep it watered. Fifteenth. Well, I water them until yeah. they come up, and usually by in about two weeks, to, you know, we're gonna start getting rain. See, there you go. There you go. It. There you go. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, you you can you can start some now if you. I I wait till after this next. We get a little cold snap next week. As soon as that's over, I'd go ahead right. and pull some out. All right, All right you you were, you you were raised right, my friend. You were raised right. <laughs> yeah, a little green. <laughs> hey, right. I see you later, man. Okay, we've got some callers on the line, but we're going to take a, just a little short break. That's the way we have to do it here. But also, uh, since my first talk of the year, my first lecture is going to be in Clarksdale this coming Tuesday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I thought I'd choose as my, my cheesy tune uh, an old Leon Redbone tune because I'm from the Delta. I mean, I am from Mississippi. It's funny. Mississippi, about the only place other than in Mississippi where it's cool to be from Mississippi is in a pub in England. I've seen blues posters in pubs in England, and they always say, have you ever been to the Delta? And I say, you know, I was raised, I flunked out of Mississippi Delta Junior College. And they said, yeah, right, like I brag. No, I'm from the Delta, and I'm looking forward to kicking it off next week. Anyway, horticulture's fell to rushing. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We'll be right back with your phone calls right after this. Mary's out, come in, hell, you mom. Way 
down on the levee, strolling in the pale moonlight. You can see those steamboats in the field of snowy white. There's a feeling I can't lose. The muddy water in my shoes. When I get that Mississippi Delta blues, it's all righty folks welcome back glad y'all enjoyed that leon redbone he's always sounds to me like he's got marbles in his mouth when he sings i don't know but now by the way i got invited uh one of our our our, our real fun programs here at mpb on thursdays called autocorrect and I just got invited to be on her program. And I'm going to make her come out and ride in my pickup truck first with the window down so she can smell the rosemary, the oregano, and the mint blowing in through that back window. Horticulture's fell to rushing. I'm so glad to be back, folks. Uh, let's go to, uh, not sure which, we got three, Bob in, in uh, Nacogdoches, Nacogdoches, Louisiana. It ain't Nacogdoches, it's Nacogdoches. Right, Bob? Right. How you doing? I'm doing fine. You know, a lot of people don't know Nacogdoches and Nacogdoches are not pronounced as they look the same, but they're not. That's right. Yeah, what's going on, man? Hey, I got uh, I got some young pecan trees. I guess they're about four years old. Uh-huh. Well, I don't know. I mean, when I bought them, they were in three-gallon buckets. But, but now they're about, I don't know, they're about 12. 15 feet tall uh-huh. and in the winter time the the branches seem to break off in segments you know what i'm talking about <coughs> they, they, it, it looks like somebody's almost sawed them it's a perfect break yeah but the, the twi- the, it's the twigs though right yeah, yeah, they're small. Yeah, there's a couple of things. You know, squirrels will do that, but there's a type of beetle that's called a uh, it's called a twig girdler. Not making this up. They lay an egg in, under the bark of a real tender twig, and they'll uh, chew on it. They'll go round and round and round chewing on it until it gets weak, yeah. and it breaks off right there. And it looks like somebody sharpened a pencil. Oh, well, I'll be down. But, you know, squirrels will do that to, to pecans. They'll do it to pine trees. They'll do the, all sorts of kind of trees. And, you know, so they, yeah, it, it doesn't could, hurt them. I mean, they're still growing. Good. No, matter of fact, uh, what it does, it actually makes them bush out just a little bit. Well, now, when I fertilize them, it's about time to fertilize them. Yeah. Um, you... You just cut a little trench around the drip line. No, right? no, no. Just, just 13, 13, 13. And don't, don't cut a trench. You know, if, I'm it, talking a small, you know. I, I know. But but their roots are all out like a fiber. So you've seen trees blow over. You know how the roots are. You just right. broad, just broadcast it. Just, you know, go out. On top uh, of the uh, grass? Yeah. It let, you know, that's, that's what commercial guys do. Yeah. Now, dig- how many pounds per foot? I mean, I, I've heard you really have to use a lot. No, no, that's exactly no. That's that, keep in mind, I was raised in Pecan <laughs> Grove, uh, yeah. and it, you know, you you. It sounds kind of weird. What you, you divide the number like thirteen and thirteen into a hundred, and that go about what eight times, seven times, something like that, six or seven times. That's how many pounds of that you use to a thousand square feet. Right, <laughs> we're talking about uh, you know uh, six six pounds or so for a hundred foot by ten foot area. 
That ain't much. You know, you can't, it's, you know, it's a scant handful, you know, a, a half a cup at the most scattered okay. all out, or you know, or, or away from the trunk and just scatter on the ground. I mean, it, 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 yeah, it doesn't take much. Yeah, the, yeah, if you stick your hand straight out, wiggle your fingers, that's where the roots are. They're not up around the shoulders. And so you want to get right. away from the trunk with the feeder and just scatter real, real light in a nice wide band all the way around it. And, but, but again, okay. uh, you know, I would say for th- that size tree, we're probably talking about a cup or a pint that's about per, how per much tree. I use about a cup and a half. Yeah, so. well, we'll figure a pint jar is a pound. So you're looking at about a pound per tree. You know, they t- they talk about a pound per inch in diameter of the trunk. Whatever. Main thing is right. out away from the trunk, scatter it, and don't be heavy. All right. So I've, I also heard that after a, a pecan tree is transplanted from a, a, a tub or whatever it was grown in, it takes five years before no, fruit will appear. If it's a graft, oh. if it's a grafted tree, pecan trees like like other grafted trees, they graft mature parts onto the seedling rootstock, so they can produce in three or four or five years. You know, if you grow it from a seed, it might take seven or eight or ten years. Okay. Hey, let me ask you this: Ever been to to, to Lacion's restaurant and had one of their fried pies? Oh yeah. Okay. Just hey, wait. you know what the best thing they got at Lazion's now? Key, what's that? The shrimp and grits. There you go. Oh, you talk about good. Their fried, <laughs> their fried pies are mighty, mighty good too. Ooh, hey, hey, nakedish, listen. Yeah, Nakedish meat pies. That's yeah. right. Let me, Bob. If you have some more questions about those pecans, shoot me an email. We can get a little bit more detail. Okay. All righty, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. And, and by the way, folks, one of my favorite roses that I grew from a cutting from the cemetery in Natchez, the old city cemetery in Natchez. I took cuttings off of one that blooms from spring till fall with no care at all. Took 13 cuttings, several of them rooted. I gave most of them away, kept one. It is the one of the best blooming roses, and it came from a cemetery in Natchitoches, Natchitoches, Louisiana, uh, in the old cemetery, and it's called Natchitoches Noises, spelled Natchitoches, anyway, sort of like the Texas thing. But anyway, Natchitoches Noise that terrific rose. There's one blooming in the Greenwood Cemetery downtown Jackson. Now let's go to uh, Walton, Waiting in Summit. Is it Walton, Walter in Summit? It is Waiton. Waiton. That, that's the way it's spelled, but you know. With an S. <laughs> okay. What's, what's up? A little, little off. Yeah. It was like I had, a question, I had a question on sea plants. Yeah. Do they grow in South Mississippi? Yeah, there's a. Do, where can I find them? Uh, well, the, the, there's a there's a uh, one of the the biggest tea companies in the South is just north of Poplarville. You know, not very far from you at all. Right. Uh, but yeah, they grow and they sell plants. Uh, okay. Uh, Pearl. I think it's Pearl River Tea Company. I can't remember the whole name of it. Uh, but anyway, you know how camellias grow. Right. That's all a tea plant is. It's a they have Camellia japonicas that bloom it now, Camellia sasanquas that bloom in the fall, and then Camellia sinensis, which has little white or pink flowers in the fall, and um, it grows just like a it. It grows perfectly well. Okay. But um, now, well, one, let me let me throw this out though. You make tea out of the tender new growth, so you have to prune it, and then when the new growth comes out, you pinch off those real small new leaves. That's what okay. tea's made out of, not the old, old thick hairy things. I see. I have one more question while I'm on the subject. What about coffee? Does coffee grow down here? No, 
no, no. Coffee is a tropical plant. You know, it, it, you know, you, you is, I've seen, I've actually seen co- coffee in like South Florida. They have some coffee down there, but it just doesn't have any flavor to it. But it'll freeze real, real quick here. It's a small uh, tree that yeah. needs, needs to be in areas that are that are cool, uh, but doesn't freeze, like up in the mountains All of Costa right. Rica. Well, thank you. All right, appreciate it. See All ya. Right, bye. Pearl River tea. I want to call it. Well, that's what I said. Pearl River tea. No, I said Mississippi Pearl. Whatever. Pearl River tea. Those guys. Have got so much fun going on down there. I, I went to the, visit them last uh, last year. Uh, they took me around, showed me their stuff, showed me how they make it and all. And they got a thing going on, and it's good tea too. Uh, now let's go to uh, to Jackson and talk with Jim. Hey Jim, good morning. Hello. Oh no, I pushed the wrong button. T- 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 is it Timothy from Startville? Tammy. Tammy. <laughs> Tammy, <laughs> I, yeah, this is Tammy. but you know, buttons and bifocals, I've got, you know, they, they've got all these buttons and they're right. You're too young to know about, but I have a bifocal line right at all this stuff. <laughs> I have to throw my head back to see who I'm talking to. It makes me almost get a nosebleed. Anyway, what's up, Tammy? I have a question about daffodils. Yeah. We have a slope uh, next to our driveway full of daffodils and they used to be beautiful and now they're coming up with kind of pointy petals, and they don't usually open up to be real pretty and delicate. And I'm wondering hmm. what, if you know what's going on. It could be. Uh, first of all, there's a lot of daffodils. I was raised in a garden. My horticulture's great-grandmother had over 300 different kinds of daffodils, and I've got maybe two dozen of those in my garden. And as far as daffodils go, the you know not all daffodils grow well equally all over the country. The ones that grow in Michigan and Ohio don't do well down here, and the ones we grow don't do well up there. So there's a lot of variety. And when you buy daffodils, they may bloom for two or three or four years, but they gradually just start petering out. That's varieties would really rather be further north, and there's a and there's a whole bunch of them. So it's you know so when I say daffodils, one of my top ten perennials, I'm just talking about the ones that do well this part of the country. And okay, so we didn't we didn't plant them when we moved here about ten years ago. They were already there and they were beautiful. So uh-huh. you're thinking it's possible that whatever was planted. Has, yeah, you know, wrong? well, no, it's not so much wrong because you plant what you plant. Unless you get them from an old home site where they've been blooming for 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 decades, you just you know going to be a gamble. I've got a list of about twenty four or maybe thirty daffodils that are absolutely dependable down here. Um, but when people set stuff out, may do better up in Tennessee. Uh, the other thing is some daffodils will bloom, but they get so crowded that they, they, they sort of choke themselves out. And so some of those, you can dig them up after the leaves die down in the fall and then separate them, put a few back in hole and split them out. In other words, give them some elbow room. And a lot of times they'll bloom for, for several years before they get crowded again. So sometimes digging and dividing uh, will help. But you need to wait till the leaves flop over and start turning yellow before you do it. Yeah. Can I ask one more question? Sure. Okay. Uh, but before you do that, take a good, clear, close-up picture of a pretty average one and send it to me, and I might be able to put a name to it. Okay, I'll do that. Okay. Uh, mixed in with all of those daffodils, and there's probably hundreds of them, we have the dewberry that you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, and it's really low-growing and spread. Um, yeah, real thorny. Any, I mean, I've cut it back for years, and it just keeps going. Anything I can do, or is it just the way it is? Well, you want to get rid of it or what? 
get rid of it or at least keep it so it's a little more under control. One of the things you can do, this, and I have this in my garden, I, I can't. I, I can't allow certain plants to grow. You know, green eggs and ham. I don't like green eggs and ham till you try it and it's not so bad. Well, some plants I try and I like them, but they don't fit my yard. They're too big. And this is one of them. Uh, if you'll just get you a, a, a dedicated pair of gloves and just put it where you can see it, every now and then, a couple of times a year, go out and just pull up as much as you can. You don't have to, to throw away. Just pull it up and drop it back on the ground. The first time it's really hard, second time not so bad, third time you have a hard time finding them. As long as you stay on top of it and pull a couple of times a year, within a couple of years, they're gone. Okay. But, but you so got. I don't you, have you, to actually get rid of them. I just have to pull them out of the ground. Oh, this will thin them out. You know, every time you pull them, if you stay on top of it, if you pull one one year, wait a couple of years, you got to start over again. But if you'll stay on top, pull, you know, this this year, and then maybe again in the summer, when the ground's moist to come up, and then come back next year and do the same thing. You can gradually thin them out, and they just you can get rid of them by pulling them a couple of times a year for a couple of years. Sounds great. I'll give it a try. And send me a picture of the, the, the daffodil, Tammy. I will. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it. Okay. Now let's talk to Jim and Jackson. Hey, Jim. Good morning, sir. Uh, you there, Jim? Yes, I'm here, Felder. <laughs> okay. Uh, are you still there? I'm still here, Okay. Felder. Jim Rosenblatt from Jackson. Oh, hey, Jim. It, it takes me a while to get you to see buttons again. Uh, I sent you a picture earlier this week of uh, the azaleas that bloom up the state capitol. Yep. They tore out all those big old bushes and put in new smaller azaleas. Uh-huh. I just hope they'll grow back. But uh, I guess I'm going to have to cover my azaleas that are uh, in bloom. No, uh, no, Monday no. And Tuesday. No, no, no. If if it gets down to 25. That's a problem. It's not going to get that cold. And, you know, and in town, it's not going to get as cold as it does out at the airport anyway. I wouldn't worry about them. Okay, so 27 or 28 doesn't hurt them. No, no, especially not if it's just temporary, especially if it comes after a kind of a warm day, because there's a lot of radiated heat in the ground that keep the, it keeps the temperature in town to low-growing plants where it's not that big a deal. I mean, you could cover them up if you want to, but I'd be sure to uncover them the next day. All right. Well, I'll sleep better then. Thanks okay. so much, Felder. You bet, Jim. Good to hear from you. Bye. All righty. We're ripping and roaring today. Hey, let's go over to Brandon and talk with Mary. Hey, Mary, good morning. We we, we still getting Mary um uh, queued up, Felder. So. Okay. Uh-oh. So, well, uh, hey, let me throw out one more time. I'm going to be at the uh, Clarksdale Library at 2 o'clock this coming Tuesday. I'm uh, going to be talking about all sorts of stuff, gardening stuff. But I'm going to have my pickup truck with all the stuff growing in the back of it. And uh, it's from the Delta. It says Indianola Motor Company on the old 1988 bumper. But it's painted John Deere green. So I hope to see some of y'all there. we got Mary on the line now. Hey, Mary. Hey, Delta. How are you? I'm fine. What's going on? Well, I have a, a seed, I guess you call it, from a potato vine. It looks like an avocado. I know it. You know, I grow okay. it. I grow it. <laughs> Can I grow it in a pot? Can I grow it in the shade? Tell me stuff. Uh, th- you know, hey, that sounds like a that sound like a Dr. Seuss. Can we grow it, it in a pot? Can we grow it in a shade? Uh, actually, uh, has it sprouted out yet? No, it's still sitting there on my cabinet. Okay, it'll it'll start, start it'll start sprouting. You know, if you look at it, there's a little. You can see where it came off the vine last year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's where it's going to put a sprout out and roots this next year. By the way, most people call this. Tater vine. Tater vine. Okay. Yeah, it's you say that with a apostrophe. 
tater vine. Okay. And uh, it's actually a type of yam. It's dioscoria. Uh, and uh, some are edible, some aren't. Mine is not. Uh, you, if you want to plant it ahead of time in a pot, put it to where that little area where it came off is is in the potting soil and water it. It'll start sprouting real quick. It'll completely cover a small arbor or a fence. It has beautiful heart-shaped leaves. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty vigorous vine, but it'll freeze in the winter, so you don't have to worry about it being like kudzu like it is down in Florida. Yeah. But will it come back? If we have a, a normal winter, some do and some don't. But, you know, down on the coast it comes back. Here, yeah. some do and some don't, but you always <laughs> save some taters. I've, I've got a, a handful of those taters on my kitchen counter. And most of the time, mine sprout before it's time to plant them when it gets warm. So I, cu- I put the sprout in the end about an inch into the potting soil or all the way yeah. in? Yeah, no, just, you know, just taking, you know, keeping it all, it all grows from that little place where it was attached to the vine. A stem mm-hmm. will come out and roots will come out right there. Okay. And uh, so you want that, you know, an inch or two in the dirt. And uh, if you'll go ahead and, and plant it, start watering it, uh, it'll sprout pretty quick. And again, it grows best in the full sun, has lots of taters. It just needs a support. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Tater vine, that's a great classic old plant. Speaking of old plants, you know, they're doing a thing up here at MPB. They're having Dr. Seuss Day. A lot of children in there all dressed up as costumes and doing the Dr. Seuss thing. You remember that thing, green eggs and ham? I do not like green eggs and ham. I wouldn't eat them in a boat or on a goat or all that stuff. Uh, And to me, it's a lot like violets and dandelions and henbit and all these other wonderful little things that we call weeds. We were taught that they're called weeds. Dandelion is in the same family, the chrysanthemum, the aster family, as sunflowers and zinnias and mums. Same family. Um, And if they cost $5 a piece, we'd all have them. But because they're free, we call them weeds. If you'll mow around a little clump of dandelions, put your little clump of violets beside it, stick your maybe a little tete-a-tete daffodil off to one side, have you a nice little winter meadow scene, and just enjoy it over the wintertime, and look at the butterflies and the bees and stuff. When it comes time to mow the grass, just mow it all down. It'll be gone like it was never there all summer. You can have a winter meadow and a summer lawn in the same place. Okay, Ed, I think we got time to, to, to jump in real quick. What's up with your Carolina jessamine? Is it blooming now? Yes, sir. Hey, I'm, I may have caught the tail end of a discussion about a, a little nuisance plant, but we have we have this thing, I think it's called Carolina jasmine. Yeah, jessamine. And it, it's like a mini kudzu on steroids, with and the, I'm trying to figure out, what do we do to control that? Okay, first of all, it's a native plant, and it's called jessamine with two S's, Je- Carolina jessamine. Uh, it's a native plant, and uh, you can get rid of all you want, but it's going to come back because it's a native plant. Anyway, all you can do is pull it up uh, best you can. It won't come back from the root, so if you got a whole bunch of them, just pull it up, and uh, that'll usually pretty well get rid of it. Anyway... Out of time, folks. I'm Horticulture's fellow rushing. Me and Java Chapman been whooping it up with y'all. Glad to be back in Mississippi. Glad to be back in the studio. Uh, got a lot of stuff going on. The orchid folks down at Bellingrath Gardens this weekend. And and uh, we, anyway, if you got some things to share, shoot me an email during the week. But meanwhile, if you get a chance, take a kid, neighbor's kids, grandkids, whatever. Take some kids to a farmer's market or a garden center and... It, 
let them get a little small thing, just something to put them in touch to let them know that this is what we do. Show kids how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See y'all next week.